0: Welcome back to the Type Beam. This is our 29th episode, and guess what? It's time for season four. But before we talk about season four, obviously, we have to talk about who's on the show because I'm not a heathen.
1: So, sure tonight, that?
0: <laughs> whoa, that's not very nice. That's not very nice at all. Inya. Anyway. Um, So, as you can tell, with me tonight, as always, is Andrea. Andrea, hello. How are you?
1: I am doing fantastic. Getting ready for the Christmas spirit holidays and everything festive. Um, And, yeah, I'm so excited for this episode.
0: Heck, yeah, as you should be. And also joining us, as always, is Fred. Hello, Fred. How are you?
2: Hey, hey. I'm doing pretty good. How are you?
1: tired. I thought he was going to do like difficult. a fat bastard. Hey, hey,
2: hey! Yeah, oh, heard. Fat
1: Albert. <laughs> oh, not Fat Bastard, Fast I'm bastard sorry. Fat bastard is
2: very different. <laughs> fat Albert <laughs> is Scottish, yeah. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back.
0: Oh, my lord. Back. Oh, dear. There he goes. He's doing the whole bit.
1: Oh, god, no, please. You don't have to see He's... his, <laughs> his oh, bad day. <laughs> oh, god. Oscott's gonna go take a clap.
0: So as you guys <laughs> could tell, the typing is now an Austin Powers podcast.
2: <laughs> oh um, no, thank you.
0: <laughs> that's not true. Um so yes, as I said, tonight we will be discussing the first episode of season four titled New Terra. Woo! Dun dun dun. So before we get we get into the nitty-gritty, I gotta ask you guys, like How does it feel to have
1: the Expanse be back? Surreal. Mm. And I will explain because I did not know if we were going to have a season four. Mm -hmm. And it's nice for it to be back. It's nice to have the crew back um, because this is going to be a really fun adventure that opens a lot more doors and possibilities for the show.
3: Mm -hmm. And
0: Fred, what about you?
2: I'm really excited for this opportunity. Like we really thought after season three, there we weren't sure if there was even going to be a season four. We didn't know what was happening. Um, the Expanse is basically canceled by Sci-Fi, and we fought um, tooth and nail to get a season four. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting a lot. I'm expecting a lot from Amazon. Um, they have a lot deeper pockets than Sci-Fi does, and the opportunities here are incredible. So I'm really looking forward to what they're going to deliver.
0: Mhm, mhm. Yeah, I was uh it's really scared that we weren't going to get a season 4 either right before my favorite book. Um and I will say that uh when like the music started at New York Comic Con I did uh kind of start to cry um a little bit <laughs> because uh you know, no one really a lot of people didn't think we were going to get here. And here it was, season
3: yeah.
1: 4, and it was real. Um, A new opportunity, which is what season four is all about. A new mm-hmm. chance to survive.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for a recap. So in the first three seasons are the first three novels of the book. And we're kind of leaving what was known as the Expanse going into a whole new, a whole new universe. Mm-hmm. So it is it's completely different and it's really exciting. I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't read the books, uh but the next season, the next book is um a whole new way of of storytelling from what we've already experienced and, and it's really exciting. It's 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 a very interesting novel.
0: Yeah. It's very 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 wild um and very 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 different. But if since you've seen the first episode, you already know what uh what we're talking about, I'm sure. Um, so we're gonna dive right on in to New Terra. Or, as the internet likes to keep reminding me, Illus. It's Illus, apparently. We're not allowed to call it New Terra because the internet will tell us it's Illus. Um, by the way, I do agree with the Belters. It just, I gotta tell you, the episode's called New Terra and they ain't gonna change it. Um, so, I think the first thing we should probably talk about is the fact that we have a new... Well, not new, but updated opening title sequence.
1: Every single time, it gets better and better. Right? And it's nice because it's a puzzle that, like, keeps on giving. It's like, oh, what can I find every single season that the opening credit has different?
0: Yeah. And this is really cool. I actually, I wrote each thing down. So the first thing is there's an extra shot on Earth. To show the missile, um, the the Martian missile hitting Argentina, which I think was was that the end of season two, or was that the beginning of season three? Uh, that was end of season two. Never mind. Yeah. That was that was season two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also have uh, when we go to Mars, we see the Mariner Valley um, settlement instead of the shots of the um, Martian Marines on Mars. Mm-hmm. Um. Instead of that shot of the astronaut, or not the astronaut, but the um the spacefarer, whoever it is. I think it's I think it's supposed to be Holden, but I'm not sure. Um, when we see just his body floating around in front of Saturn, they've changed that shot as well. And it's become Saturn and the Ring. Um, it like when I say that, I mean it like travels along the ring of Saturn mm-hmm. to the ring, which I thought was really cool. Um We also get a shot of the ring space where we see what is now known as Medina Station, which we'll talk about in the episode um, in more detail. And Holden, definitely floaty Holden, is now shown in the ring space instead of wherever the heck he is in the original one. I think he's floating out by Saturn. And the last thing is that before, the planets would come down towards the horizon and become the title of The Expanse. But now, the planets go up, and we realize now the horizon is the bottom of the ring. Yeah. And it says The Expanse, which I thought was the coolest part. Like, that got an audible gasp at the gosh darn New York Comic Con panel because everyone was like, whoa, that's sick as heck. So tricky. so did you guys, do you guys like the auditions? Do you think they work better?
1: I I actually enjoy it because it is a tease of what's to come. Mm-hmm. So it builds up on the seasons.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with what Andrea has to say. I think I really enjoy the new changes. Uh, I'm just curious if this is specific only for season four or if it's going to change again in season five Mm -hmm. or if this is just amazon's taking over and this is what the new intro is going to be um but yeah regardless it doesn't matter i I really enjoy it
3: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: they were really cool um i always i mean i i've never had an update to the opening titles i didn't like but this was like multiple things got changed and i thought that was was what made it kind of cool appealing yeah.
1: I think that the other ones were very, um, I'm not gonna say dry, but there was less color. And mm-hmm. this one you see a formation of more things, and I really like it. Yeah, there's a lot of color.
2: And not just that, I really enjoyed the music they're putting it to. It's different than it was before. And the music that they're they're doing in season four, the soundtrack that they're tying it with is it's very different, and I really like it. Um, I think it really harkens back to. I'm just losing my train of thought. It harkens back. It sounds like um another series that we really like. Andrea, help me out here. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I I felt like there was a lot of times where I got in a mindset that I was watching Game of Thrones when I was listening to the soundtrack to the point where I had to see who the composer was. Um, it's not the same composer as the um, Game of Thrones, um, but there's a lot of beats that are very powerful and I really enjoy it. It sets up the mood, um, especially when you get that moment where um, the Rossi is landing um into new Terra, Um, I thought it was, Ellis. sorry, Ellis. Um, new I thought uh, it was amazing. Um, and it's very upbeat. It's very powerful. It makes you feel like everything that's happening within those scenes is very, very important.
2: Awesome. I completely agree.
1: So I,
0: I, is that I saw you added music to the the uh, notes. So did you want to talk
1: more about the music, or was that no? That that was okay. primarily it. Um, it was just how different it was and how it felt like it was a different show, mm. and that was pretty exciting. Um, we also I I did um talk about and this was said off mic. That I felt like this episode felt super long and I did not Mm. mind that. It felt like there was so many cuts between Earth, between um, different characters that it felt like the show had a lot to set up. And this was the perfect game of chess where all the pieces are being put into play um, and everything's going to hit the fan um, in the next couple of episodes. Mm. Yeah, they set
0: up quite a lot and it I noticed the first time I saw it that it did feel quite longer than it was and I was surprised when I saw the runtime. time yeah it was a lot shorter than what it felt like and honestly I don't mind that at all because I know people wanted longer episodes but that doesn't really that that doesn't really serve the purpose you need to make an episode as long as it needs to be exactly and I would rather have an episode that feels long and still keeps me engaged an episode that, that is long and loses me.
1: Exactly.
2: I think that what really bothers me, and this has nothing to do with episode length, it's it's season length. Mm-hmm. I, I really like a longer season. Um not at the expense of filler episodes or any of that kind of nonsense, but I want ten episodes just seems so short to me, and I wanna see fifteen, twenty episodes per season. Or have Two seasons per year, and other shows have done that. Uh, Battlestar Galactica was an example.
1: So. Mm. I wish, I wish we had more, more Expanse time, more twenty episodes of the Expanse. I know nobody would complain about that. No,
3: exactly.
1: Yeah. I think, I guess, it
0: would also depend on the book. I'll have to see how it shakes out because this book is so much more isolated. I guess. In the book, most of the action takes place in one place. Yeah. Whereas the show has to jump around a lot. So I'm interested to see how the length kind of plays with like how often we jump around. And I guess when I've seen the whole season, I would decide how if I felt that it was too long or whatever. But like right. obviously I want more Expanse. But um, I want to make sure that it's not like... People aren't doing things just to make sure that they have screen time on the show. Kind of. I don't want it to feel that way.
2: No. Uh, no, of course. course not. Yeah.
0: I want it to feel like just right. And the like I said, Cibola Burn is so contained in one location that like it, it'll feel I think it, it already felt a little weird jumping around as much as we did to set up. And I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about it going forward. Um, I think it, it won't happen as around. often.
1: I think they have to do that because like what you said, um, this season should be primarily about what happens in a new colony.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the idea, I f- I'm worried that I'll get taken out of, like what I liked about book four was that it doesn't take you away from the action by jumping around character to character because the characters are all within a a, within the same place right They're within a certain circumference of each other whereas in other books characters were super far apart and then brought back together near the end and so this book was different in that everyone was kind of near each other so the action always stayed in the same zone even if it was dealing with it from another angle and so i'm worried that in expanding the story so to speak um we kind of will lose that feeling of isolation of like that, that not comfort. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but the idea of like, we're fully immersed in the action. Right. I'm worried that if I keep getting taken away, that it'll, I'll lose that feeling, but I, I can't say for sure. So who knows? Um, But it's just something I was thinking about when we were jumping from place to place, when I started rereading Sabola Burn. Um, just how different it is that most of the characters are near each other throughout the entire action of the book.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel like it won't be like that throughout the show. I think that if they do that throughout the show, it'll be clunky. I feel like it was perfect as the first episode because there are a lot of characters that we need to focus on. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they did that for the very beginning does make sense. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, um, uh, visual effects has changed greatly, um, for season four. It's not the same crew. Um, and I did notice it. Mm. It was very noticeable. Um, there were some places that the visual effects did not hold to what we were seeing. Um, I guess we can discuss that when we're talking about scene by scene. Um, but it was, at some points a little bit disappointing. Um, and this has nothing to do with um, Bob being our friend and stuff like that. I just felt like the quality was not as crisp as I would have wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, in some areas, not all of them, some mm-hmm. some moments were beautiful and breathtaking. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know if you guys want to jump in right away or... Is there anything else to say before
0: we, before we start going in?
2: Let's jump in, guys.
0: All right. So our uh, the action starts uh, in the ring, or I don't remember if they say what it's actually called because I didn't write it down. Like, I, I wrote it down as the ring exclusion zone, meaning um, no one is allowed in, right? Yeah. So where we start is that the UN, the Mars, and the OPA have formed a coalition and are keeping people out. Um I kind of – I realized after I took my notes that it feels like this takes place a few months after season three ends, at least.
2: Um, at least, yeah.
0: Yeah, so there's 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 at least, like, two time jumps from season three, but there's only one that they tell you how long it is. So we're just going to, for the sake of brevity, say it's, like, three months or whatever.
2: Um so it's got to probably be as minimum of like three months, maybe as long as one year. Because they do yeah. have
0: to
1: establish a colony.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I, I was thinking it was one year total or at least a little over a year total. Um, but we start off with a ship called the Barba Piccola, making it for the ring. Yeah. So what did we
1: think of the prologue? As it were. It was very similar to the Butcher of Anderson Station. Mm. That, that's what it brought me back to. Um, it was very, very similar. Um, it felt like it was this high stakes that there's families involved here. They want a new chance to survive, and they're being prevented. Granted, I understand why they should not go mm-hmm. to a new location.
2: So I I really appreciate the like where they're going with this is that um Ganymede has been destroyed uh, from the Inner's War and it's really the Belters that are suffering the consequences of what has been happening and these people are basically homeless they're running for their lives they need somewhere to set roots and there's 1300 plus new worlds that have been opened up to everyone new terra As it looks like it's um, most promising. Yeah. One of the most promising ones, um, if not the only one that is promising at this point, but one of the first results. So it, it makes perfect sense. I really like where they're going with this. Like it, it's really driving the, they say it in the episode, the new gold rush. So, humanity wants to move towards this new system, new Terra, Ellis, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) This
1: is going to be a problem as the
2: show progresses. No kidding, right? Um, So this is only natural. And I really appreciate the fact that they're, they're just making it so basic, but yet so complex at the same time, because there is this blockade. They do want to make sure that it's safe. Um, And immediately they tell you that there's problems on this planet. There's these giant things that are like huge red flags, but yet we're going anyway. Um, And we have no idea if our biology would even be supported of this planet. So I I appreciate where the...
1: Scientific aspect
2: of it lies. Yeah, where they're trying to hold back the waters of allowing everybody through. Um, But yet I appreciate the fact that come on, man, let's go. We we need a planet to settle on. So it, it, it's it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm.
0: I was really, um, I think the, the most moving part for me was when a drummer calls in and commands them to stop or they'll be, I guess, or they'll be fired upon or whatnot, or they weren't allowed to be fired upon. I, I forget what exactly she said, but she tells them to stop and the belters start chanting, go. Yeah. And that was like, that was that was a moment, you know.
2: And the dude hits the afterburners and off they go.
0: Yep. And through the ring they go.
2: And yeah, they they survived the the transition because they were not um they're not going through without any ramifications either.
0: Right, exactly. And that comes up in a later uh emotionally charged phone conversation that we will uh get to. Yeah. Um But after this intense prologue, we jump another eight months to Holden having a good cup of coffee on Earth. With dear mama. With his mama, with Mother Elise. Um, Was anyone kind of thrown to kind of like see the first shot of Holden be like on a planet?
1: With regular clothes on?
0: With regular clothes on.
1: Like, where's
0: the jumpsuit? around the
2: fire at night, and yeah, like
0: it's finally like an outfit he chose too, because everyone else has had different outfits they've chosen, and he's just like the same one unless he's forced to wear something else.
1: it's Like I was expecting um some nice flight suit. Where is my Holden? Hashtag <laughs> not my Holden. <laughs> Hashtag
0: not my Holden. Where did you get that leather jacket, sir? Are you cool enough for that leather jacket, sir?
1: Oh, sky high flashbacks. Oh, God. Uh, oh, no, dear. I really enjoyed it. I think it was a very sweet moment and, um, it sets up Naomi very well because, mm. um, Holden's mom is asking why she wasn't able to come. And he, he did, uh, he did explain, um, that just going into the gravity of earth would have been too much for her. Um, and she did not have time to prepare for it. Um, so I thought that was very, very nice, um, just yeah. to lead up to the sacrifice and the pain that Naomi goes through to be part of the new, um, the new worlds.
0: Yeah. I really loved his line to, um, to hear Holden defend Naomi to his mom. Um, Cause in the books he does that quite more frequently than you would hope. Um, and to hear him actually say on the show was really nice. Cause you know, they, they broke up for a really long time. Um, but he says to Elise, I wouldn't have asked her to do that for me. And this isn't her home. Yeah. Um, that was a lot.
2: (laughs) So looking at the episode as a whole, if we kind of just zoom out just a little bit, it seems like Naomi is in that moment when she's seeing her boyfriend holding with her family embraced with everyone. She sees, it seems like she has a little bit of regret. Mm. That she couldn't be there and and enjoy it, even though it was Earth, even though that there is hard feelings against Earthers. And you see that later in the episode when they're going to LS New Terra and she wants she wants to see the planet in atmosphere. She doesn't want to see it from orbit. And she says, uh, I forget the exact wording of the line. She says something like, there's 1,300 new planets. I don't want to see them all from orbit. Yep.
0: You literally said it line for line. So good job. Yeah. So
2: I I really enjoyed the fact that she's uh, embracing, not just being a belter, but being an explorer. Mm -hmm. And it's not about earth. It's about just being someone else said it in the episode, like blaming inners, right? So two generations from now, everybody will be inners, meaning that they are uh, like planet, Walkers, bound beings, mm-hmm. yeah. planet walkers. Yep.
1: Oh, that was it, it, um, it, uh,
2: drummer,
1: drummer. Yeah, drummer said that to Naomi yeah. when they were talking.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, and it has nothing about it has nothing to do about being an inner or an outer or a OPA. It it just has to be with what is your home and what do you call home? And Belters probably had it the toughest, but they were just explorers in the beginning. Yep.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, um, before we jump back into, um, to the later on scenes, um, harking back to Naomi, there is a lot of pain when she's talking to Holden's family, even though it's an awkward interaction and it's very cute. Even just that moment where Holden says, I love you. She doesn't say it back. No. And that is something that really, really. They've been hammering that home
0: too. They've shown that a few times. Yeah. But
2: the way that she moves her fingers across her mouth and she puts her fingers towards the screen is and, and my impression of that scene was the belter way of saying I love you. But there's a so difference it's not just words.
0: It could have been. I agree with you, but the the thing is is that Holden has always said, I love you. And she's never
1: said it back. I think there will be a point where she does. And it'll be very powerful because. Yeah, I feel like
0: they're going to choose the right moment for that one. And I'm a little nervous about that.
1: Because she's holding back. (laughs) And and I think that there is a lot of pain that she can't give Holden. That happiness that he sees when he's on Earth. He can't be with his family on Mm -hmm. Earth if he's with her. Yeah. Right. I think there's also
0: she still has a lot that she hasn't told him. She's yeah. told him, like, almost everything, but, like, people who have read the books know, and you can tell from the what she said to other people, that not everything's on the table yet. And yeah. so I think there's also just that bit, like, she kind of always holds a bit of herself back because of what happened to her. Yeah. And so right. it's kind of, she's at this, like, crossroads with, like, Holden is incredibly open to her, has her meet her, his family um, via, like, video chat, says he loves her. In like either quiet moments or really scary moments, Um, but she hasn't quite been able to give as much back to him, and I feel like that's part of it too. Like not only the regret that she can't be with him, but the regret that she can't be she can't feel she can't be fully on his level with him yet. Right, it's a lot. See, like honestly, I really like Naomi and Holden in this more than I've liked them in three seasons there's just such a comfort there now like such there a like a level of, of like intimacy there that isn't just like taking their clothes off intimacy but like when we get to later scenes the fact that Holden is given this job that like as her boyfriend is a really tough job to have and I think this is kind of the like Steve and Dom have done a great job but I think this is this is I've enjoyed them the most here when there's like no conflict between them and there's there's a level yeah there's peace and there's a level of intimacy that goes deeper than just taking their clothes off around each other right and a way of speaking to each other that's very different than what they were before so but that that comes that'll come up again when we get to the.
1: That, yeah. that
0: yikesy part. So um, by
1: the fire, Ma, uh, the mom... Sorry, Mother Louise. Louise? No, Louise. Elise. No. You're okay. These
0: There's a lot names. of names in
1: this world. Uh, I know, right? There's a lot right? of names in every um, world. So she goes inside because it's about to thunder. The thunder was blue, which was really nice. I don't know if it was a technical thing, um, but I thought it was, like, very interesting. And then we see Miller, which was really cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I just... He's a bit of a broken record. He keeps talking about how they got to talk about that ride, kid. Next clue to the case. But I think the part that, that made me laugh the most was uh, Holden's like, we're leaving tomorrow. We're going to New York.
1: And New Miller York? Goes, what the New York?
0: Yeah, and Miller's like, the hell's in New York? And just holding just like, I don't know, tall buildings, good pizza. Typical Steven right awesome. there. <laughs> I just really liked Miller's, like, the hell's in New York? Like, what's in in New York? Who's in New York? what is it New York? What does rain taste like? Well, I like that. I had a note about that, too, because specifically in season one, in episode 10, when Holden and Miller are, like, dying, trying to get back to the Rossi, Miller says to him, like, I always wondered what rain tastes like or something to that nature. And so I thought it was really interesting that, like— he, you know, this this copy of Miller, like, chose that time to bring up when it was about to rain and, and brought that line back. But um, Miller is interesting now. He's, they kind of established that he gets clear when he's close to the ring, and he's pretty far from the ring now. Um, and all he wants to do is get back to it. So he's like a, a broken record. And um, Holden's been trying to help him with that. Holden's trying, been trying to get Vassarala to let him go through the ring. And uh, no bites so far.
1: No no bites.
0: Until she calls him. Which I so, thought. Also so funny. Holden
1: goes to um New York and we have this really interesting exposition moment with Awasarala where she's arguing the pros and cons of leading people to these new worlds.
3: Hmm. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of um debate as to um if they should let Earthers through, um, which was very charged, but there's also, like, this one line that I keep I keep coming back to. And it's like Nancy Gao is just like, oh, yeah, the only reason people aren't mad yet is because it was Belters that died. And I was like, oh, my God. Yep. Like,
1: yikes, Nancy. Like, chill. Take a nap. I thought it was very also interesting, that of Osirala, was speaking truths she said when we ex- explored and uncovered new um territories and new lands we were meeting humans we don't know what is out there and mm. just the fact that there's such thing as a proto-molecule should raise red flags we are not alone in the universe the fact that there are these rings we are not alone so we should tread lightly it's quite a
3: lot. Um I realized we skipped like a pretty cool
0: part too before we continue on with the Vassarala. Um Clarissa calls Amos from prison. Oh, I love
2: that. Yeah, scene. I was going to say. I was waiting for this conversation. Like, like So the whole conversation between Amos and um Oh, what's her nickname? Uh, teaches
3: which we
0: finally got yes
2: thank you i was going to call her bubbles and i'm like oh that's not right that's That's definitely not right totally different show
0: that's a powerpuff girl
2: Um, exactly (laughs) you know you you just get that feeling of big brother yeah i was going to say family love but i didn't want to like say it and not get the right impression um family love as in he loves her to death like she is his little sister or his apprentice or um somebody that's very close to him that there's absolutely no like sexual bond whatsoever which is fantastic. You, you don't really get that a lot in television today. And yeah, it was really really good to see how he stood up for her. Um on the way back to earth, he gave her the opportunity to um space herself. Yeah. And she didn't take it. Mm -hmm. and he respected her for that, and he is standing up for her. She's really depressed in prison. She's looking at, like, taking her own life or something to that extent, and he basically shuts her down and says, no, Um, you do your time, you do what they say, and you give them nothing more.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't give them your life.
2: That's right. That is yours, and do not give that away.
1: And I really like it that I think that the reason why Amos is so protective over her is that he sees himself in her. And he, I think that he would have wanted somebody to be his his the rock, the person that grounds her. That's what he wants. And that's the role that he's assuming, that person mm-hmm. that she can confide in. She can call whenever she feels darkness. Um, and I really like that. I really like that interaction that they had and the moments that Melba was very self deprecating, he would stop her and i as like I can joke around it as much as I want, but like I do that sometimes and and it's nice to have a person that will figuratively slap me to my senses, which is what Amos does to her.
0: Mhm. And I really loved that one particular line, the beginning of the bit that Fred mentioned, where he says, you breathe in, you breathe out. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing for any situation. Um, Whether you're like, you feel stuck, whether you feel like you, whether you're angry or whatever, the first thing you should always do is breathe in and breathe out. Yeah. And so um, I really, really loved just that part of the speech in particular.
1: Amos has a lot of nuggets that are pretty phenomenal. He has a lot of great lines in this episode.
0: Yeah. Um, He'd be a good man. He'd be that guy. He is that guy. He is that guy. Um, And then to jump back ahead, um, Avasarala is wondering where the F is Holden. She she has a potty mouth in this one. I know. She really does. Uh, He shows up looking fly. Oh, go ahead.
2: Side note here. Yeah. Andrew brought up a really cool point. Like right now we are no longer on sci-fi. Yes. We're, we're on Amazon. We're getting a lot more colorful language. Mm-hmm. A lot okay? more gore. So, and and you're right, but let's finish here. Like we didn't get a lot of, um, of the foul language that was um, in seasons one, two, and three, but If you look back to the books, Avasarela, for example, was very, very, very colorful, and we Mm -hmm. didn't really get to see the full extent of that, and she was restrained. Um, Now we're seeing her just unleash, and it is phenomenal. It's hilarious. I really like um, how they're going with that. And and yeah, you're right, with the gore as well. Um, Because they're no longer bound to the PG um, version for television, we're seeing a lot more... um, Truth. So when the the ship gets hit and there's damage, Murtry is very injured. Um the Belter that was shot down in uh, by the OPA uh protecting the ring. Um so he was bleeding spewing, yeah. and he was spewing blood from his mouth. Um they're not overdoing it, they're not over sensationalizing it, they're not turning it into a horror or anything, it's very appropriate. But yeah, they're doing a really good job and I, I like it.
0: In sci fi's defense they literally had a boy dissect a person, and his insides were all over the floor.
2: Right, and a, man, and, ex- and a man exploded into right. pieces. I forgot sauce. about that.
3: That's
0: and Holden on. and Miller were both vomiting blood in the very first season.
2: But yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, I, I can't forget those those moments. But I
0: know exactly what you're saying. It feels yeah. more something about it feels a little bit Let's more, see, true.
1: a little bit more. Yeah. Park. a little
2: less conservative. Yeah. Yes. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if Amazon would have done the deconstruction of the body, we would have seen a lot more.
0: Nasty. Yes. Um, hopping back into the story, like I was saying, Holden uh rolls up looking fly in his like pla- a fly boy. In, in his plaid and leather jacket, but he still don't look as good as because no one ever can. Um and he, she starts debriefing him on the Illus situation. Um, and I think my favorite bit of this interaction is right near the beginning when she tells him that they named the planet Illus. And Holden says, makes sense. Illus was a brother of Ganymede. And she uh, goes, yeah. who gives a F? I didn't bring you here to teach me mythology. <laughs> I and love I was it. Like, inc- and even he laughs. He's like, yeah, okay. Um... I just really loved I loved getting to see them on screen again, but you know, a situation where she's not manipulating him. She's genuinely asking him to do something. And that something is she wants to him to go to to um Illis, not to take a side, not to not to in the not books. To not put to mediate.
1: In something well, that's we'll already get there. No, no, up. save
0: that. Save that. Save that <laughs> for when it comes up, because it's best when it's set, left in context. Um, but she basically asks him to to not not to do anything like she did in the books. Not to do anything that she doesn't want him to mediate. She doesn't want him to take any sides. She wants him to investigate the planet.
1: He's like a mediator. And, um, He's just gonna. No, no, have no. Goals. She she
0: straight up asks him not to not to mediate this time.
1: I, well, I say in, like, mediating as in, like, just, like, being an outsider looking in and just investigating what the proto molecule is doing.
0: Yeah, all she wants him to do is investigate, and if, if the—she uh, straight up tells him, like, the Belters are going to try and get you to their side, but you're there to investigate. Um, and she tells him that—he asks her very nervously, if it's another Eros, what, you know, what do you want me to do if it's another Eros? And she tells him to evacuate the Belters— um, and get the hell out of there which first of all is more care than she's shown to the belters before um <laughs> which is a yeah. nice change of pace um but like i said i really like seeing them in a scene where she's not trying to manipulate him she's genuinely asking him um for help because now they know each other and she's genuinely asking him for help yeah she's genuinely like you're you're the only you've got this thing in your head you're the only one who has been on the state. Like you're the only one who who seen these things. So knowing this, I want you to go and I want you to look into it.
1: Help me. How how was I gonna do it? Yeah, Holden wanted to help Kenobi. me, James Holden. You're my only hope.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear. <laughs> I I oh man, she would never say that because she'd be like, oh God, if I if I ever tell her, if I ever tell him so, that, I'm done. <laughs>
2: Coming out of this scene, we have Holden coming back to the Rossi, mm. and <laughs> Amos. we have Amos, Amos. gives, like, the
1: most cringeworthy line.
0: Well, before yeah, well, before what, this, we what? get the best line, which is, Avasarala has secured the Rossi. Avasarala yes. has secured the Rossi. It is theirs. No one can take it from them.
2: And then Amos. <laughs> so, yeah, y- you're right, and... I really like, let's talk about the book here for a second. The, the way that they change how um, the Rosie salvage rights were, were changed from uh, or made okay in the book to the way that it is done in the TV show. I really like what they did here.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I think it was better than what they did in the books.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it made more sense than it did in the books, but also they couldn't do it the way they did in the books on the show anyway, because yeah. that character bit it.
2: <laughs> yep yeah it's was, it was very different so but yeah so we we get back and then uh amos says a really strange line andrea <laughs> do you remember exactly what he said
1: he, he asked how's she doing and holden us like, oh yeah yeah typical blah 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 i don't really remember the line word for word and then amos turns around and he's like no What's she wearing? <laughs> it was oh, the Lord. weirdest thing. I he is at... so weird. I looked at Fred and I was like, where is
0: this coming from? Yeah, very... he's very weird. I right mean, goodness. obviously,
1: like, everybody's asking what she's wearing because she is always dressed Maybe he's toys, just but...
0: interested in her fashion. Maybe. Because remember, he told her to walk like she was wearing pumps. Maybe he just wants to know if she looked good. <laughs> I just thought it was so strange. It was. Her-
2: have we seen her start calling her Chrissy yet? No. So that will come.
0: Yeah, that will come. That's going to be good. That's going to piss
2: her off some.
0: That's going to piss nah. her off some. <laughs> Amos is going to be her favorite crew member. <laughs> who cares about that Holden guy? That Amos, he's pretty cool. Holden no, who? No, well, no she, she hates him.
2: She appreciates him already for teaching her how to walk around in mag boots. Yeah.
0: Right. There's that at least.
2: So they bonded.
0: He has he has that going for him for now. (laughs) Um, But then we had um, a very important scene that was teased in the in the teaser. Um, So Holden tells the crew, hey, here's the dealio. Here's what we're going to do. And Naomi straight up stops him and says, no, I'm well, first, I like that. She stopped him when he said, you know, it's my fault about the gates. And She's like, no, no, no. We all did that. which I really liked um, because she knows more than anybody he has a responsibility problem. Um, But uh, I really appreciate that. But then uh, Rossi's going to be equipped with landing gear and Naomi tells Holden straight up, I'm going down to the planet with you. And as Fred mentioned earlier, there's that beautiful quote about not wanting to see planets from orbit anymore. Um, I thought like, God, that scene with, Hol- with Holden and Naomi at the end where he is straight up, like, concerned. Um, <laughs> and she's, like, they do their beautiful once a season forehead touch. Oh, um, I love that. That was so good because I was excited to see this. I was I was interested as to why no- Naomi was going to be on the planets In the books, that storyline is very different. And, um, like, seeing, you know, Na- Holden's, like, clearly freaking out. He's like, oh, my God. You gonna go down this planet why are you doing this I don't like this and she straight up is just like nope whatever happens we're going to do it together hold my beer yeah hold, hold my beer <laughs> um, but I, I really like this choice I really like Naomi like kind of deciding for herself what she wants to do rather than like the guys making a decision to protect her because they know she can't physically handle it unless she undergoes some I mean Holden mentioned it he was like you know I wouldn't ask her to do that um, but here she is saying she wants to do that.
2: She's made a choice, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's massive one, and it's it, a big
1: it, one, a painful one. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and it's really good. It really drives her character. Like th- this is incredible. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, she is becoming more than just a, an angry belter. She's becoming part of the crew. She's becoming
1: a woman that wants to survive. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I do like
0: that. Um, it's, it's basically a big, big choice for her. And obviously we're going to have a long discussion about that when we get to how painful that choice is. Oh, yeah. Um, but first, everyone's favorite. We finally see what Bobby's up to. <laughs> um, so Bobby is on Mars. Um, she is stripping old MCRN ships for parts like taking their missiles out, taking them apart so that their parts can possibly be used on new ships and and things like that. Um, And she's staying with her brother's family. Um, She just seems really like... She seems not quite like herself.
2: Well, okay. So she was a very decorated, honored Mm -hmm. soldier. She was a commander of her platoon. and now she is basically demoted to cleaning, yep or cleaning the ships she
1: wanted to be part of mm-hmm
2: piloting, yeah, and being on as a space combatant, not um a janitor um and she's taking it um as prideful as she can mm-hmm. she's been demoted she's not letting um uh, the brass um uh, you know ruin her um uh, Mindset or whatever. So she's just taking it with a grain of salt. She's not allowing the the lies that she was told to take. She, she refused to lie. So she's taking uh, what punishment she's being doled out for mm-hmm. um, holding her own honor. Mm-hmm. So she at least has her honor intact. And there's no one that could take that away from her. Right. And she's proud of that.
1: As much really... and as painful
0: as that is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I really like that line. And we get this line before... We find out why she is where she is. Um, her line to Alex when Alex calls her to get a live a live feed. Um, he's she, you know, he's he's trying to work his way through all of his issues, and she tells him, "You just have to believe that what you're doing really matters," and that kind of dictates basically everything for her, at least in this episode. Um, because she's doing her job, like Fred said, because that's what she thinks really, you know, it really matters to her. She tells herself it really matters because it's all she can do with where she has found herself.
1: Well, and I mean, if she feels like it doesn't matter, then she's going to be a complete wreck. Exactly. She has so, no purpose. She yeah. screwed it up for herself. So yep. she so needs she has to, to believe that. Right.
0: And it's, you know, just to, because her storyline kind of, is pretty quiet there's only two scenes we can kind of probably ball them up together um but basically uh she was given a statement to say that she felt wasn't true and she refused to sign it and because of it uh they stripped her of her rank they they basically made her quite low um but they made her like just a just someone who strips things for parts um and she was, you know, kicked out of the military. But we're also learning at this point that the military itself is falling apart um, through another character that she meets who tells her that he was literally just told, thanks for your service and, and sent on his way. Um, right. So Mars is having there's a line that was in earlier in the episode that I really liked. Um, Mars is better for everyone when everyone does their part. And it sounds like things on Mars are not going as well as they had in the past. And it's kind of sounding a little bit like it has something to do with what the belt is having an issue with.
2: Which well, is, Mars has a really big problem um, yeah. that's coming up and they don't know how to handle it yet. So in the soul system, we have Earth. Earth, you can stand on the surface of Earth and you can breathe air without any um, dome over your head or mm-hmm. anything like that. There's no importing of water and oxygen and mm-hmm. and making that work. You're just on Earth, and that's it. So the only other planet that's really close, um, Mars, is inside the Goldilocks zone. If you terraform it, you can create a habitable environment. And that's the long-term goal for Mars. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And it was working really well for them. They had the entire population of Mars working towards that single goal. At the same time, um, defending and growing their military and becoming a force to reckon with in, in the, the system. But now all of a sudden you have 1,300 new planets. What the heck is the point? What, of what are we growing... wasting
1: our time on? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Why terraform Mars other than the fact that it's what we've been doing for the last hundred years. Right. Yeah. So Mars is going through a real culture shock at the moment as everyone, not just earthers and belters are going to the, the new planets, but Martians as well.
0: Yeah. It's, it's basically every, every like faction is going to have their issues with this ring opening up. Um, Earth has overpopulation. Mars doesn't have a magnetosphere and the belt doesn't have anything. Yeah. So everyone's going to face an issue and that is why Illis is a precedent. Um, which is partially why <laughs> Holden straight up asks to stay out of it. Um because we all know what happens when Holden I'll put it this way, gets involved. Um <laughs> Christian of Osarella puts it a better way, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> uh, also, everyone kind of makes everyone kind of makes their own joke about holding getting involved in things, and I think I also enjoyed that. Like it was a different running joke for every different character. Um, I noted uh, the other the other one was drummer. I like drummers' quotes too. Um, but yeah, Bobby. I think Bobby's storyline is going to have. Um, a lot of interesting, like, trips because of what the kind of society Mars is. Mars is a militant society, but not in the sense that they... um I mean, they're a militant society, yes, I guess, regardless of why, but they, they were working together for a common goal. And yeah. so, like, everything you did was for that goal. And that goal is going to be questioned now. Um, and I guess through Bobby's storyline, we're going to start to see... Uh, the repercussions for everybody for that. Um, so the the Rossi enters the ring as always, and this is where this is where things start to get a little a lot. Um, a little, a lot. A little, a lot. Basically, we have these two scenes back to back about Naomi. Um, and the first one. I, so the first time I saw this episode, I described this as so metal. So basically, Naomi has to get these injections, these treatments to increase her muscle mass, her bone density, and the strength of her heart um, so that she can be under, under gr- constant gravity, um, constant higher gravity as well. Um, and who gives her these injections? It's none other than Holden himself. And that is why I thought it was so metal. I guess, for both of them, because like a Naomi is being put through a lot of pain by Holden and Holden has to watch himself put Naomi through a lot of pain and they play it off so easy and like watching it hurts. So like, yeah, that scene is a lot and it's really short, too. It's not like it's a a super long scene, but like I think this scene does the best job of showing how intimate these two characters really are. Um, because you have to put a lot of trust in someone that they will do something you ask them to do, even if it hurts you. And Holden, you can tell, does not like doing it. Um, but because no, Naomi a asked him, yeah, like when uh, he asks her if she wants to take a break, and um, a news feed comes up where she she listens to the Illis Belters talking about how the settlement is theirs and all that, and she tells him to keep going. And if you watch his face. He is not happy about keeping going, but because she asked him, yeah. he's going to because she asked him. And, like, he would do anything Naomi asked him to do. He would even space himself, but
1: that's not, that's <laughs> not the point. Are you sure about
0: that? <laughs> oh, please. He would, do, he would do anything she asked him to do, but it, it just goes to show, like, it, just how much they love each other. She trusts him to do it, even if he doesn't want to, and that he is doing it even though he doesn't want to because she asked him to.
2: And not just that; he's there to support her mm-hmm. through the pain and the transition, mm. uh, so she can land on that planet. Yeah,
0: that's what she wants. So he's gonna make sure it happens. Um, even right. the way when she asks him how she's doing, even the way he delivers that line is just like so so light compared to like what we're watching. Like he's trying to keep keep an unaffected air, I guess. Um. Because like so somebody has to, she's literally screaming. He's just like, "Yeah, this is fine. It's good. Loving this." Um, and of course it like is a, it's a great segue to use my my favorite word, um, into a conversation with drummer, drummer who has been outfitted with a spinal implant after her massive mm-hmm. spinal injury. Um and she's still recovering. She talks about her nerve endings regrowing. Um but this scene <laughs> was so much so much. Um basically drummer calls Naomi or Naomi calls drummer because they can have a live call. Uh this is the first of my favorite um drummer lines about Holden which is uh James Holden on a gunship. Uh Which I thought was very funny. It's like, well, they're sending him, so he's going to go mess that up. Um, But the, the point of the scene is to show that Naomi and Drummer, who are very, 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 very close, who have a very big disagreement between them, are now facing a huge disagreement because Naomi basically says in the scene that she would want to be living on a planet given the chance, that she should have the choice. And Drummer basically tells her that it's foolish to ever want to live on a planet to her face. Yeah. Um so that was a lot. That was um that scene was really tough for me to watch. I guess because I don't like <laughs> I don't like watching people straight up have their heart broken. Well, and I think I, I understand where drummer is coming right. from. Right. Oh, it's so easy to understand. Like, absolutely, because she's afraid that the Belters like will lose their identity. And that's a exactly. fair thing to be afraid about.
1: Like Absolutely. simulation and stuff like that. Like I mm-hmm. completely get it. Yeah, that's a huge
0: like and especially given, you know, who Kara is. Um I that's something that would be close to to that might be close to Kara's heart as well. Um I agree. Assimilation versus preserving your culture. And at this it, it's tough cuz you have two people, you've one person who's like you know, ride or die for the belt, like true OPA, um, who, who nearly killed herself for her people. And then you have Naomi, who has been through such pain because of some of the things that some of the people have done Yeah, um, to get where they are. And, and for those
1: of you who don't know, um, Kara, who plays drummer, she is... Um, she is Canadian and she's also Indigenous mm-hmm. um, and that is in her blood and she represents the Indigenous people and she wants that tradition to continue on. So this is why we're saying that it's similar to what her as an actress deals with, just the, the representation of her people mm-hmm. um, everywhere, not just in movies, but in books and TV shows and so on. So yeah. that's what Drummer is feeling that the moment that they land on a planet, they become earthers. They lose who they were, which was rock hoppers mm-hmm. um, living as I, I want to say skywalkers because that's what yeah. they really are. Um, so it's very powerful for her to have a role like this.
0: Yeah. Then you have like Naomi who. I guess to some people, because she chooses to ship with inners, has disconnected herself from her identity, which isn't entirely true. Like, she did a little bit. Um, But every time you see her with belters, it always seems to come back. Like, the cadence of her voice changes. Um, Uh, Very much. The way she speaks changes every time she talks to a belter. So it's kind of like she could be seen as someone who... um, like a well walla, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, and but to Naomi, it's a little different than that. They've kind of established with Naomi that it's not about not necessarily just about her identity or anything like that. it's she has people she loves who can do these things, and she can't, yeah, and I think part of her based on her conversations with Holden up until this point. She, first of all, well, I guess it's a couple different things. She said to Holden that she wants to be able to do things with him. And so one of the ways you can do that is make yourself able to live under gravity. She doesn't want to keep, like, if if they're going to be going to planets now, she doesn't want him to be alone. She doesn't want to leave him without her. Um, Because as she said in season one, we're better when we stick together. And it's been true so far. (laughs) Things tend to go better when they have each other. And so I think part of her wants to be able to not be forced to leave his side every time he has to go somewhere she can't. Right. Um, but she also wants to have the choice to do that. She wants to be able to see for herself and decide if that's something she wants to do. Exactly. And so you have Drummer who has a very valid point and Naomi who has a very valid point but like wow like the the disapproval in drummer's eyes and the fact that it leads to Naomi just shut down the call that was hard because these two are very close and there's just this huge ideological difference between these two really close friends that of what the belter identity should become in this new world And Naomi's is just based on a different perspective of like I have people I love and you know I don't I can't do these things with them because I don't have a choice and I want to have that choice.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that.
0: And that was that was really great. Um, I I love seeing Naomi kind of open up because in the book she didn't really open up and until until she was forced to, Mm -hmm. essentially, and to see her open up. With the Rossi crew, with with her friend, like it's a lot, and it, it feels really good because it's nice to kind of hear what she's thinking rather than have it impl- implied. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I completely agree with that.
0: Yeah. Um. And then uh, staying in that same zone, <laughs> I really just love this shot. So Holden ups his meds, and it focuses real hard on the types of meds it is. Which makes you wonder why why they might do that, I wonder. I wonder if that'll be important later. Maybe.: They straight up
2: like Foreshadow. fore- <laughs> foreshadowing.:
0: foreshadowing. Um, but Miller shows up again, and I think this is one of my favorite bits, because we finally get an implication of how long space travel takes. Yeah. Holden finally says, oh, yeah, it's going to take us weeks to get there.
1: What? Well, not just then. Um, we also get it when Naomi explains that she'll have enough time to right, be able to get Right, because it's going to take
0: weeks. Yeah. But,
1: like, she didn't, they didn't, did they say how long it was going to take to get months. to Illis then? It was going to take okay. months. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I really appreciate that because space just goes so fast on this show.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I thought Andrea had really interesting points on this bit. So I kind of want to give this to her. Because You had really cool thoughts on this scene, so I kind of want to throw it to you. This is no, the one with
1: just, I, I think that was Fred who actually was, was it Fred? Talk.
2: Which scene? It was about uh,
1: Miller being when Miller far sees away. Oh, actually, Holden. Yes, now you I remember. kind of yes, both yes, had
0: a good point, so I think yes. you guys should both talk about this because you guys have great points
1: on this. So, so Fred had mentioned that the further, um, the so okay. Miller has a connection with the Rossi mm-hmm. because of the gooey goo that was on the ship,
2: mm-hmm. and that's which for- was left behind by the protomol monster,
1: yes. yes, after a drunk night of throwing up. I'm just kidding um so so we get Holden that is on Earth and the Rossi is in orbit, but you can still see clearly Miller interacting with Holden. And then you get the fact that Miller is so far away from the rings that that should also affect that communication between Holden and Miller. Um, so we were actually discussing prior to recording how can Miller, Miller's connection to Holden be so strong if he's one so far away from The rings, which is kind of like his life essence, and also a bit far away from the Rossi to build that connection. And an interesting moment happens when Miller and Holden are talking to each other that there is um, a moment where you can see through Holden's body and through all the synapses and connections, and um, there are. different parts of Holden that are glowing, different colors. Um, I'm pretty sure his body's glowing blue, but different areas of his body are uh, glowing gold, orangey, or some form of color. And there's two possibilities. One, which is what Shannon had introduced, is the fact that there might be a... DNA or mutation difference in his body that allows him to have a connection or be the bridge between Miller and the protomolecule that allows that connection to go faster, or that there is protomolecule within Holden himself. And that's why Miller is so attached to him. And there's no problem as to whether Miller is on the ship or he is close to the ring.
2: And that would make sense because Miller and Holden were both on Ellis, not Ellis. Um.
1: Series? No, not series. Um, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. What was it? Oh, season one. Mm-hmm. Come on.
2: Save me, uh, Shanna. Sh- save me. Arrows. Arrows. Thank you.
1: Sorry about that. I was trying to make sure I knew what you were talking about
0: too before I like jumped in <laughs> and corrected anyone. <laughs>
2: No, so so it, it makes sense that because they were already on Eros that Holden has possibly been mutated in some very minuscule way that Miller's able to talk to him. Because outside of that, he should be able to talk to anyone. So why is it just Holden? Or what is that connection? So it seems really strange. Um, Yes, yeah, so, so it it makes sense that Because of what we saw through that one synapse response or um, montage that we just saw on the television show, that that there's some kind of connection there. Yeah, I just thought it was very
1: interesting that they would show Holden through what Miller sees. Mm -hmm. What is he seeing within Holden that we don't see uh, in the outside? Mm -hmm. Um, I I thought it was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a really cool shot. I wasn't expecting that. It was super neat.
1: Yeah. And I want to disclose that, like... There might be some people that have read the books that are like, oh, this is so-and-so. If you had read the book, you'd know. Let's just remember that there will be some things that deviate from the books. So it is okay for us to hypothesize some differences. We It might be similar to what happens in the book. Who knows? Um, but it's nice to be able to feel like there might be a surprise here or there.
0: Yeah. I also noted before we recorded that um, I'm rereading Cibola Burn* now, and it's been a while since I last looked at it. So uh, for all I know, I could just not remember. It could have been in the book. I just don't remember. And that's also okay. Um, Sometimes it's hard to have, like, Eric has accused me of having an encyclopedic knowledge of the expanse before. Um, But the book's give you so much information that I actually don't have as good a brain bank on information from the book sometimes, or sometimes I need a refresher. So the other thing is if, if we, you know, maybe it is in the book and we just don't remember it, and that's also okay. And maybe when I keep reading the book, I'll remember and I'll just feel really dumb about it, and that's also okay. Right. Um, it's okay to know your limitations. Um, but, Regardless, you know, like Andrew said, the the show is different sometimes, so we don't know. So we're just speculating at this point.
2: So I guess this leads us into the the last act of the show. We have the events that happen on New Terra. So mm-hmm. oh, that was a or Ellis. Um, one of the first scenes that we see. Uh, which is a bit earlier in the episode is the heavy shuttle leaving the Barbara Picola mm. and starting to enter atmo, Mo, uh, which I thought was a pretty neat scene as it's uh, coming down. You see everybody's, you know, more or less a little pentive, but a little relaxed as they're entering atmosphere. It's a little scary. Then all of a sudden all heck breaks loose. All heck. All heck breaks loose. There's, um, debris just shooting through, um, kind of like railgun rounds going through the hull.
1: But we still um, don't know what that is.
2: We don't know what that is, and then all of a sudden, the um, the the scene cuts to the heavy shuttle being in millions of pieces on the surface, and we have shots of uh, Mitri. Martre. Um, Murtry? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Murtry? Dimitri! Dimitri! Uh, Murtry, sorry. Uh, walking through the debris, um, tattered and um, bloodied. And we see a couple other bodies that are strewn about and we see some other people crawling. So they're, they've been through an incident of some sort. It looks like a crash. Um, but something obviously led to the... To the crash we're not sure what happened um, if it was an accident if it was intentional if it, they were shot down or whatever so we'll find out about that uh, how did you guys like that scene
1: it was unexpected um, mm-hmm. as soon as Oh, it's so happy. Happiness does not last in the expanse. Okay? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we see Holden and Naomi happy now. Let's just praise ourselves. Something bad is going to happen.
0: <sighs> Something bad always happens to those two. It's fine. Exactly.
1: Um, It was exhilarating just how the ship starts falling apart. Um. Mm when that girl like gets sucked out of the ship that was so scary Mm. um that's like my worst fear being in an airplane i would never want that to happen yeah Um, and
2: there's literally chunks of the fuselage missing you can look outside as they're coming yeah on the final approach Mm. yeah yeah that was
1: i thought it was very well executed i don't have any idea how to some people survived
2: um, <laughs> well, not many did, let's be honest. Yeah,
1: like three people, <laughs> the yeah. most important people.
2: <laughs> it's and true. then, okay, fast-forwarding from that scene, uh, we have the, the Rossi doing very similar landing. Um, so it is also uh, entering Atmo, it is descending, um, tail cone down in a vertical uh, landing, and the ship lands in a bit of a ravine or a gully um, and extends its uh, landing ramps out and the crew is able to to walk out on fresh soil and then right from there we see the four of them come out of the ship they're looking up Uh, Naomi is walking in atmosphere for the first time ever she's never been outside of either a space station or a ship She looks up for the first time and collapses to one knee. And so what's going through her mind right there?
0: Well, you know, she's telling herself she can get up. Like, I'm down, but I have to get up. I have to prove this to myself and to them. It must
1: be so overwhelming to just have that experience, though. Yeah. What took her out was
0: looking at the horizon. For God's sake, she's never seen a horizon. She's never seen a sky. And that's what took her out. She lost her balance because she wanted to see the sky.
2: It's just so big. And it just, in that moment, it reminded me back to when, um, Bobby was on earth for the first time mm-hmm. and she steps outside and she goes through the very similar things.
1: It's like a child taking its first steps. Mm-hmm. The child yeah. starts walking a little bit wobbly and then they look up and they, they lose their balance because the one thing that they should be focusing on, which is walking is not their at their focus. Everything else mm-hmm. that now the world has the potential yeah. to be is is what's catching her interest. And it's also So she
2: sorry. I was gonna say so she's literally trained for months. Um uh Illis or New Terra is uh, between one to one point one percent of gravity uh, on Earth. Um so it's even higher than what um the rest of the crew has even been used to experiencing. Mm-hmm. So It's just really interesting to watch that happen uh, through her reactions.
0: Yeah, because even Bobby, the difference with Bobby was Bobby trained in 1G. She knows what 1G feels like, um, even if it takes some getting used to to having it constant. But Naomi has no clue.
2: Yeah, Bobby trained for years and years and years as a Marine to land and take over earth. That that's how they trained for years. So it is really normal for them to experience that. Um, Naomi is used to one G let's be honest. She's she's used to it before. Yeah. But she only felt it sitting in a crash couch, Mm -hmm. never um, walking under her own power. And not just that, not just gravity. It's the overwhelming nature of how big, um, I was gonna say space is big, but it's not really space. It's how big it appears to be when yeah. you're standing on a planet looking up the atmosphere.
0: It's a lot. I also, uh, I, I mean, I, the whole thing is a lot. Um, because you just see all this emotion in her face when she's taking it all in, and it's, it's, it's honestly. Amazing. And I think it, what's really cool is in the background, you can see Holden watches her the entire time. Like, he's not yeah. looking where he's going either. He's watching her. And I thought that was really nice as well, especially when she fell. And the, fr- the one who holds everybody back from helping her is him. And, like, that was huge. And then mm-hmm. the first thing she did was look at him, and he smiled at her, and it was it was a lot. It's like the whole scene top to bottom is an emotional roller coaster for Kay. me.
2: So that smile, you know what I got out of that smile? Mm. It was Holden looking at her and saying, I offered to take that bag, but you said no.
3: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> <Bit>. <laughs> oh, no.
0: oh my god, we haven't even <laughs> Oh my god. So sorry, Shannon. Oh well, we boy. That.
2: That's not a problem. But um but yeah so it, it's just one of those i told you that was coming
0: oh god i just there's a lot of meaning in that scene in every single shot um yeah. for like you know all of them but specifically it looks like for holden and naomi but the biggest one's naomi right. this exactly. is her moment man
2: and then, okay, so we have moments later, um, they're now walking away from the Rossi. Um, the the camera pans out. We see the external shots of the rosinante sitting there, uh, perched upright. And I think Andrew and I both agree from what we talked about um, before we started the recording, was that the CGI of the Rossi just seemed off. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem realistic enough for us I don't know if it was too clean, too shiny Uh, it, it didn't seem right mm. for a ship that has been through as much action as it has Uh, for it to be looking the way that it did
0: they did kind of show us that it has a new paint job it, it does it have a brand new paint, paint job
2: and maybe that's what it is so there's a lot of red, there's a lot of um, flat black and whatnot, but it, it, it just, just seems like... It just still felt like, a
1: little bit off to me. Mm.
2: Yeah. It, compared to the first three seasons where we were under a different um, like, uh, contract with a different CGI team compared to Amazon, uh, it just seems different. Mm. Uh, and we'll have to wait and see how that uh, transpires and see how if that gets any better or not. Mm. But that one particular scene kind of threw us both off. Mm. I will. Minor criticism, but yeah. yeah.
0: I will say this before we move on. Fred, you skipped Andrea's favorite part. The line she's been trying to say this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I, because you keep trying to say, it, Andrea, I'm going to give it to you. Why don't you tell us a, what, censor it for Ooh. me, obviously. Tell us what Avassarala warned Holden before they landed on a list.
1: Vasarala gave an important quote that I will use for my students. I'm just kidding. I'll get fired if I use it on my students. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> she says for Holden not to put his ding dong. Oh, Lord. In matters that don't concern him because everything in Illus is already effed up as it is. <laughs> so don't eff it up more than it already is. It don't need no other ding dong.
2: Don't stick your nose in stuff that's non of your business because it's already screwed up.
1: And I thought that was the best line.
2: But yeah, her words made it. And, and just the way that she says yeah. it.
0: And the way Amos just looks right at him and just goes, well, that's good advice. Yeah, <laughs> it's, good advice. yeah it is. it's amazing advice. <laughs> and, and Holden's face is like, oh, well, yeah. yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> Um that that little bit was was great because that's um that's a quote from the books that everyone was hoping would show up, and I remember awesome. everyone was waiting for that one. There's like two or three quotes that everyone's waiting for, and that was like number one yeah um so I'm really glad that that they were able to put that in there, and I'm really glad how the whole scene played out That was really good was
2: perfect yeah, I'm glad um from there we have the Rosie crew um. Walk for quite a while and then end up in, I guess that's a bit of a criticism in itself. We had the Rossi land vertically. So my kind of joke was in the books, it landed horizontally. um, And in this show, it has to land vertically. And they had to land so far away because that's the only place it could land vertically mm-hmm. and have the horizontal ramp come out at the exact right spot. So they couldn't find a better parking spot that was closer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sucks. <Or laughs> Ni- anyway.
0: Like logistically it makes so much sense. I know a lot of people were I knew like people were actually going to complain they didn't turn the set sideways, but to be fair, that's incredibly expensive. Um yeah. when you already have these sets built. So everyone like I feel like we all should have expected they were gonna change something and it was gonna be that.
2: Regardless, it it, it works. I feel uh, you I'm though. It's a long a walk. Joke, no, but, no.
0: I think it, I mean. So it also served to show Naomi struggling walking compared to the others.
2: Um, they walk into town, and then immediately we have um, the basically the two leaders of the of the two factions come towards uh, the group. We have the leader of the Belters, which is um, Chihuahue.
0: Carol Chihuahue. So, and
2: then we have mercury, and we have a lot of the explosive um, emotions of both sides showing and all the the tension that is uh, fighting in between the two groups Um, and all of a sudden rocks are being thrown and guns are being drawn and you you can you can smell the tension on set almost of, of the the three groups the the belters are are basically begging do not kick us off the planet like we were here first and then you have um one wrong the move Earthers.
1: and somebody's going to die yeah
2: you, you feel like there's going to be bullets flying in the in the next scene like and it takes almost a natural disaster to stop them Mm -hmm. to interrupt what they were going through.
3: I had one of my favorite.
0: Yeah, it was really cool and spooky. And I had, um, like I said before the recording, I had one of my favorite exchanges in the, um, entire episode, which it begins with Holden saying the F is that and ends with Naomi saying the F was that (laughs) A more perfect couple does not exist. Yeah.
2: Um, Do you want to talk about anything before the natural disaster strikes, or do you want to just jump right into it?
0: Um, I guess the only thing I had was I had a really great drummer quote um, where drummer just says to uh, Ashford um, that she only knew more than he did because my friend had a boyfriend with an imaginary friend who told us how to power that station down. (laughs) Yeah. It's just such well, a long yeah. roundabout way of getting to. It. My friend had a boyfriend with an imaginary friend. Um, the longer that line went on, the funnier it got. Um,
2: I thought that the ending line was the best one. Mm. Was I forget what Ashford said? He said, uh, "I thought like, he
0: was a madman."
2: And they and she, her response was, "Well, she, he could be both." Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. She still hates him. I love it.
2: Yep, it's great um so we have all these people they have their guns drawn they're squaring off it looks like um shots are going to be fired any moment and then all of a sudden a swarm of what looks like locusts but are not locusts because they're not on earth and it's let's say a ninja star version of locust they
3: sharpie boys <laughs> they sharp little boys star
2: version of locust comes flying through and really cuts up almost everyone mm-hmm. um not severely but to enough of a point that it's, it's like what the heck is this planet all about something's fishy going on here
3: mm-hmm.
2: um but it was enough to break the tension and disperse the crowds uh before bullets started flying
1: and i feel like we we when Holden picks it up it kind of buzzes. Mm, it changes. So, yeah. So was, was it interacting with the tension that was happening? That is something that first came to mind.
2: Yeah. And very true. Um, and then I think they might lead to this in a little bit of episode two, but life on earth is different than life on new Terra Ellis like this new planet is not a carbon-based life system like Earth is Mm. something is completely different about this planet and I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out
3: Mm -hmm.
0: it's a new Terra you might
2: say (laughs) exactly you
0: might say (laughs) it's very spook It's a very spook place. Very pretty place, but very
3: spook. Yeah.
2: I guess one more thing that I want to say about that particular scene is it is very different than how the book played it out. Mm. Um, The book played it out very different and. It was less dramatic.
0: Yeah, it was.
2: the addition, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who wants to go read the books, but the way that the uh, it was played out is very um, dramatically different, but um, it's impactful in a in a different way, and I I I liked what they did with the television show.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think what's even what's funny too, um, without giving away in the books, Holden even notes that it's anticlimactic. So it's funny you should <laughs> yes. it's funny you should say that because Holden <laughs> literally says that. Because um, I do remember that part. I think I looked it up to after the uh, after the New York Comic-Con screening, I wanted to look something up and I happened to land right on that chapter. And like, I think it was like, wow, that was a little bit of a turn, but it's not a bad turn. It's definitely yeah. different though. But yeah, it made, made me laugh a lot when you said that because I was like, that's exactly what Holden said too.
2: So right off the bat, I'm, I'm starting to feel, so this really leads us to the end of the episode. So mm-hmm. um, kind of some of the feelings that I have is, the episode is showing that Murtry, for one, is not somebody you want to mess with. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's got a bit of um, a bone to pick, I guess. But at the same time, rightfully so, because his whole crew, minus a few people, were just uh, destroyed in that that accident. Yeah. Let's call it for now. Um, we have all the belters that are there that are fighting for their right for survival. And I appreciate what they're doing. Um, the, they're mining. They're trying to make a stake in life. Like, mm-hmm. you can't fault them for that either. Yeah. So, I got the Holden and the crew have some work ahead of them.
0: Mm-hmm. I also got the vibe that Murtry cares more about resources than people um because when you're watching the ship going down he watches the cargo get blown off the ship not the people like the only time you get any inkling that he cares is when he sees his boss dead but for the most part he seems to only care about the resources he's watching the he looks very angry he also talks about when he's talking to his boss he talks about this time they got a bunch of belters off of a rock that they had rights to you know, he says, you know, we gave them 30,000, whatever, and 30,000 credits and um, refueled their ship and sent them on their way. And he says specifically, the company called it a win, but he didn't I see it that way. I think they said 300,000. Oh, I thought I said 300,000. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, 300,000 credits. And so um, he seemed to be kind of annoyed that they had to give up resources to people that they were kicking out. It seems like he just has, first of all, he sounds like he's one of those people who is like, these resources are ours. They're not for sharing. Like, why don't you get your own if you need it? But he also just sounds like he cares more about resources than people. He cares more about making sure everything's square than making sure everyone's okay.
2: Let's take a moment to just step back and look like those resources that were destroyed in the, in the accident. That means that's less places for um, survival. So there's no homes and bedding and you know everything that makes up a community. There's probably a lot of their food stores were lost. Yeah, Um, they're on a new planet that isn't sustainable for human consumption. Mm -hmm. So that's a big concern. So he's.
0: It's not entirely a criticism either. I I didn't mean it as a criticism.
2: Oh no, that yeah. that's fair and that's fine. I'm just looking at it from a different point right. of view that that um they are no longer as effective where they are because of some stupid accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's his idea. He's looking at it from a purely mechanical point of view mm. and he doesn't seem to be the type of person that's in touch with his emotions and um personal connections. And everything is just black and white. We need this. We need that. We need this. And if it means eighteen people have to die, sure, that's fine. Mm. Like it, it just comes down to numbers. And he doesn't seem emotionally attached to. Yeah, that's the people. job. That's yeah. what I'm gonna
1: do. In and out. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm paid to do this, and this is what I'm gonna do. And he
1: probably doesn't want to be in that rock, anyways. Yeah. No.
0: I mean it like it's it's something he knows he can do but that doesn't mean he wants to be there. He's so far from home. Well, he might not even he might be detached from home, but like it's it's a situation most people wouldn't want to be in. I mean, Elvie and Fia's talk about it as well on the um on the shuttle. Like Fayez talks about right. just wanting to be home because this is strange and scary, meanwhile she's saying, you know, you could be famous. We're making history. And so we don't really know where Murtry falls on that spectrum. He sounds like a guy who just wants to do his job, but yeah. this is like this is a job that sets a precedent. At the same time, so it's like, right. what is going through that guy's head? I wonder. Other than, ba belters, ba money, ba resources, bah, bah. Like I'm just, I would love to know. Like, aside from this is the job that I do, if there's any other motivation that he might have, right.
2: It seems like that his ability or his view is if I'm going to win or be effective, I have to do it with 100%. Um, if I have to concede even a penny to someone else, I'm going to consider that a loss.
0: Mm. Yeah, that sounds so all
2: right. It's just a very interesting personality. I've dealt with people like that at work before, and it— it really, it it could be frustrating at times. And I think that type of character will make this show really interesting for this season.
0: Mm. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I guess, we've been going a long time, which I kind of expected. Um, is there anything else in the episode that anyone wanted to talk about? Any little thing that we, you think we might've missed any line you like anything like that?
1: No, I think I've discussed a lot. I mean, again, this episode felt very long because it was jumping from place to place, but it was setting up everything. So I'm really excited. I really enjoyed how they did this episode.
2: I'm really looking forward to um, some of the relationships that are going to to come. Uh, One of the things that we didn't really talk about was... um, Peaches says to Amos, can I call you again in the future? Mm. So just some of the foreshadows of what might be coming. uh, Just, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm.
3: I
0: I guess the only thing I would vaguely talk about was we, we did talk kind of about the Belters spitting up blood, but we didn't talk about what he was talking about. And, you know, Ashford's basically out here pirate hunting. Um, and is torn because the OPA is kind of torn. Um, do, we, do we team up with UN and Mars um, and kind of wait this out um, and, and know that we will not be at each other's throats anymore? Or do we take what we want from what we... Do we do, we do what Earthers do? Do we do what Martians do and just take uh, before they, they take everything and we have nothing left? And, um, it looks like that's a pretty big conflict for Ashford. Um, it looks like it's calling, uh, it's going to bring Fred and Dawes to task because there's a video feed that shortly, um, talks about, you know, is critical of them and they're wanting to work with, um, earth and Mars because they wanted to be, uh, have a seat at the table and they finally have that. um, Drummer has a really important position, but she seems to struggle a little bit with ha- making these calls that Ashford has to make as well. Um, and everyone's kind of in this weird, precarious position, especially the Belters, which is, um, do we work with the inners or do we do what inners do? All right.
2: Well, that's a really interesting conflict that they're in right now because I appreciate exactly the position the Belters are in. Mm -hmm. But if they show too much resistance and the Inners reject them, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: then they get steamrolled over. Yeah, they'll
0: still get steamrolled over.
2: There's no way that the Belters, the OPA, can withstand an assault from Earth and Mars together Mm -hmm. combined against them. They're going down. So the belters, the OPA is trying to negotiate their place and they're being respected. Let's not forget that they are being respected, even though they're being asked to do things they they may not appreciate, like policing the the ring space um, against other belters. But they're policing against factions that are. Basically giving them a bad name. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting position, and I can't wait to see how that plays out as well.
0: Yeah, and Drummer has a respected position because she's helping to put communication relays in place, yep. which is another reason why they're holding people from going through the ring, because you can't communicate through the rings unless you have a relay.
2: Right, and they have, what, what'd you say, 42 relays in place? Yes. Out of the 1,300 oh, yeah. plant, uh <laughs> ring spaces exactly. that are open, so...
0: Yeah, and she's very and drummer is very well respected because yeah. of her position during the events in the ring space in season 3 yeah. uh and the fact that she is commanding Medina Station, the only station in the ring space. So no,
2: the last gas station before the The last frontier. gas
0: station before the frontier. Uh so it's nothing to sneeze at the amount of the the size of the seat they've been given at the table. Mm-hmm. but there are conflicts bigger than just now being a part of the, the turning cogs. And, um, that's what the belt is coming. Like, like I said earlier, every faction is going to have an, uh, some sort of conflict come up with the rings opening up. And this is the belts. They have an opportunity to stake a claim like the earthers and the Martians did before them. And they're being told not to, and what kind of issue is that going to cause right um so there's a lot of conflict on the table for everybody
2: There's enough for everyone to go around
0: uh, totally enough. there's enough mm-hmm. conflicts for ten episodes. <laughs> I hope so <laughs> um but uh on that note, anything else? nope
2: well, let's save the rest for uh, episode two
0: episode two. Um, I'm very excited to watch more Expanse. Yes, me too. Mm -hmm. Um, so on that note, let's, let's uh, wrap it all in up. Let's uh, head back for the ring. Um, so if you want to talk to us about your thoughts on, um, New Terra or where you think things are going to go, you can find us online. You can email us. Our email is typebeam at randomchatter.com. Uh, you can also Twitter us, tweet us. Uh, our show Twitter is, as you know, at the Typebeam. You can also at randomchatter, which is our host network. Uh, and then we also each have our own social media. Uh, you can find me at shankbeasy everywhere, pretty much. Uh, Andrea, where, the, where can they find you, these good people?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Cats Bears, that's K-A-T-Z, B-E-A-R-Z. And Fred.
2: You can find me at uh, on Twitter at Freddy Wan Kenobi. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y-W-O-N-Kenobi. Or better yet, you can find me in Discord.
0: You find him in the Discord. Um, we also like we use Instagram because we it is the year 2019. Um, and Random Chatter Network has its own Instagram. It's just Random Chatter. You can also head over to our website to check out all of our other shows, some articles, and always fun polls, randomchatter.com. Andrea, how can you spread the word about our show?
1: <laughs> it's funny. I was going to make a joke, but I don't want to get joke. fired. Nope, oh, no, no. Nope. Never mind. We, that we don't have to spread the word. No, but yes, Whoa. we do. So it is very important for you to spread the word so that our message and the tight beam is able to get into everybody's earlobes, not earlobes, eardrums and make waves. Um, We want to explore the expanse with you. We want to let you know and have a conversation with you about what is it we see in every single episode. So in order to do that, um, you need to spread the word and let everybody know that you're listening to the Type beam and that the expanse is an awesome show. Um, you can leave us a review on every, um, place that you listen to our show. Let us know that how we're doing. Um, you can share us on social media, retweeting our tweets, um, just letting your friends know that we are posting new episodes and also word of mouth, um, if you have friends that do listen to podcasts, you can always um, let them know that this is one of the ones that you are listening to and redirect them to the Typebeam because we try to be as fun and as upbeat as possible about everything and anything of the expanse.
2: I mentioned earlier that if you want to follow us, you could also follow us in our discord. If you want to join that community, um, it is randomchatter.com slash discord we have every single show channel open to the public we also have the main lobby open to the public so anybody for no money down can just come in and you can hang out with us we'd really appreciate it if you want to help support the network if you want to become a member of the random chatter network come join us at randomchatter.com slash patreon for one dollar a month you can um, get into our discord but you can get the every single show channel, so there's a lot of other channels that are hidden behind that paywall um, of the membership uh, community for the the Random Channel Network, and there's uh, channels for Star Wars, there's channels for TV shows, movies, and spoilers, and everything that you could possibly think of, there's a channel for it, and if there isn't one there, we'll probably just make one for you, that's not a problem. Um, If you also want to support us in uh, merchandise, you can join us at randomchatter.com slash store. That'll take you to our TeePublic store page, and you can buy hoodies or whatever else that suits your fancy. Uh, Last but not least, the music that you hear is by Ursa Minor by Cell Dweller, and all trademarks are owned by the respective owners. So thank you, and have a great rest of your day.